Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. When we worry, when we're afraid, we go back and forth. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? It accomplishes nothing. In fact, dare I say, and I want to get into the physiology of this, but it's true. You can research on your own, see if this be true. But when you're fearful and anxious and worried and stressed, you actually deplete your body's immune system to fight off disease. How about that? You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching a special series related to the global coronavirus pandemic. Today, Pastor J.D. talks to us about fear and how easily we can be overtaken by it. Even in the midst of madness, Christians are called to pray fervently and to give thanks first. All that you have has been given by God, and He sent His Son to save you before you were born. How much more will He take care of your every need? Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Philippians chapter 4 as he continues his message, Peaceful in it or fearful of it. How many times has that fearful thought, that what if, that comes into my mind, and I start nursing it, and feeding it, and thinking about it, and and the more I do, the bigger it gets. And the bigger it gets, the smaller God gets. And conversely, the more I think on these things, because again, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, then the bigger my God gets, and the smaller those worries get. Now, I do need to warn you, easier said than done. That is true. It is so much easier said than done. That's the thing about discipline your mind. You know, we discipline our children. It's hard. You have to be disciplined. You have to discipline your mind. And by the way, the word discipline comes from the word disciple. You have to train your mind. You, you have to discipline your mind, and you have to be very strict with your thought life. And it's not going to be easy, especially initially, but eventually it brings the peace of God from the God of peace. John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 27. This is really interesting. I want to draw your attention to what Jesus says, and the wording in which He says it gives us a clue as to how it is that we're able to have, in reality, practically, this peace. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. The inference being that the world has peace to offer, but that's a very unstable peace. And Jesus is saying, the peace that I give is nothing like the peace of the world. And then he says this, and I want you to notice how he says what he says. He says, let, keyword, let not your heart be troubled, neither let, keyword again, it be afraid. 
In other words, the onus is on us. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart become full of fear. In other words, we can let our hearts be troubled. Just like we can let our children, when we don't discipline them, let them do things wrong. The same thing is true with us. We can let our own hearts go down that wrong path and be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Matthew 6. This is, well, to me, probably one of the most powerful passages of Scripture in all the Bible concerning worry and fear. I suppose you could see it and say it like this. Paul in Philippians is telling us how. Jesus here in Matthew's gospel is telling us why. In other words, Paul says, here's how not to worry, how not to be afraid. Jesus here is going to tell us why you have nothing to worry about why you should never fear anything. Here's why. Listen to this. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And I love this imagery. It's um, almost a snapshot into the sense of humor on the part of the Savior, because they're pointing to the birds that were flying there on the beautiful hillside, there with the Sea of Galilee before them. And he, and he points them to these birds and says, look at these birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Boy, wouldn't that be freaky? See a bunch of birds getting a bunch of worms and stuffing them into these bird barns. <laughs> Again, it's kind of a silly, humorous way to illustrate it. But the point he's making is they don't do that. They don't have to do that. Why? Because your heavenly Father feeds them. And here's why you should never worry about anything. Are you not of more value than they? I would surely hope so. I would surely hope that I am of more value than a bird. In other words, if God is going to provide every need for every bird, and I'm more valuable than that bird, how much more is He going to provide for me? Verse 27. This is humorous. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? In other words, if you're short, I know that's not politically correct, how can you add a cubit to your height? How can you add a hair to your head as much as I would love to? <laughs> In other words, worrying accomplishes absolutely nothing. It's been said that worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but you don't get anywhere. And that's like us, isn't it? Like when we worry, when we're afraid, we go back and forth. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? It accomplishes nothing. In fact, 
dare I say, and I don't want to get into the physiology of this, but it's true. You can research on your own, see if this be true. But when you're fearful and anxious and worried and stressed, you actually deplete your body's immune system to fight off disease. How about that? <laughs> the, the very thing that you're afraid of, this is why when we were in Philippians, this is a while back now, I think it was last year sometime maybe, I did a teaching and I titled it, Kill Worry Before Worry Kills You. And that's not hyperbole, it is literally. Worry and fear can kill you physically because of the damage it does to the immune system and its inability then to subsequently fight off diseases. So it accomplishes nothing. Now verse 28, he's going to go from eating and drinking to what you're going to wear. What am I going to wear? <laughs> so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. I'm sorry again, I'm, I'm chuckling, but to me this is humorous. I mean, I could just picture Jesus pointing to these flowers there on the hillside, presumably in the spring when they're in bloom and they're blossoming and they're just beautiful and fragrant and colorful. And it's like Jesus is saying, when was the last time you looked at one of these flowers and they're just spinning about going, oh, oh, I, what am I going to wear? This isn't my color. I wore this last week. <laughs> and then he says, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And then, very interesting, Verse 30, now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Again, I never imagined the Savior saying that with a, a snarky tone. Oh, you of little faith. I, I never imagined the Savior. I, I imagine it being said with such a compassionate tone, such a empathetic, even sympathetic tone, along the lines of this. Why is your faith so little when your God is so big? Yeah, but pastor, with all due respect, this coronavirus thing, this is really big. This is really bad. Okay. Is it bigger than God? Is it badder than God? I know this is not proper English. I assure you, God is way more bad. God is good, and God will take care of you. If He's going to take care of that flower, I mean, you're going to see that flower there. How long do flowers last? I know when I buy my wife flowers, she loves flowers. That's her love language. She made that very clear early on in our marriage, 33 years ago. I love flowers. You want to bless your wife? Buy me flowers. So I own stock in the local florist. I buy her flowers. But they don't last very long. A couple days and boom, they're wilted and gone and that's the end of that. My first response being sort of frugal as I can be is, oh my goodness, I just spent 
$100 on a bouquet of roses for Valentine's Day, and it's February 16th, and they're gone. That's what Jesus is saying, you know. Not exactly like that. He's saying, these flowers are here today, gone tomorrow. And yet, for the short period of time, if God's going to clothe them with that beauty, that splendor, even Solomon wasn't clothed as beautifully and wonderfully as that flower. And how much more valuable are you than that flower? If he's going to do that for that flower, what's he going to do for you? It makes no sense, right? Now verse 31 sort of sums it up. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. He knows that the rents do. He knows that you need to buy groceries. He knows that you need to have food, a roof over your head, food to eat, clothes to wear. He knows that. He knows all of your needs. Now verse 33, well-known verse, understood in its context, again, should settle this once and for all and close the file on worry and fear. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Curious with this idea, don't seek first that. How many times have you heard somebody say, or even you yourself have said, when I get all my ducks in a row, then I'll serve the Lord. It just doesn't work that way. It's seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. It's first things first. That's the priority, the central focus of your life. If you're focused on all those things, and then the kingdom of God and His righteousness is secondary, you've got it backwards. It's upside down. It'll never work. And then verse 34, he says, therefore, again, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I heard someone say, and I think this is just brilliant, today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. Think about this. <laughs> today, yesterday you worried about tomorrow. Well, Tomorrow is today that you're worried about yesterday. In other words, don't ruin today worrying about tomorrow. Tomorrow will be there when you get there. And it's going to come packaged with all the daily issues that you face on a daily basis, especially in the midst of this crisis. What Jesus is saying is, don't borrow tomorrow's worries today. Don't ruin today, worrying about tomorrow. Today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. You ruined yesterday worrying about today. And look at today. What good did that worrying do? You lost more hair. I got scars to prove it. <laughs> what, what good did that worry do? You, you didn't sleep very well. When you did fall asleep and then you woke up, you couldn't go back to sleep because you were thinking about, worrying about 
anxious about, fearful of things that, by the way, never come to pass. They've actually done research on this. How many things that we worry about actually happen? And I think it's something like over 85% of the things that we worried about never happened. All that worrying was a total waste. One minute spent worrying is one minute wasted. The other 15%, because I know some of you are thinking, you just said 85%. What about the other 15%? What happens then? Oh, this is, this is even better. Uh, the other 15% that you worried about, it did happen, but it was not nearly as bad as you thought. And you had the grace of God to be able to do it and deal with it, because God's grace is sufficient. Sometimes God will just remind you gently that He will not give you tomorrow's manna today. Sufficient unto the day are the worries therein. You're going to need manna for tomorrow. Well, you'll get the manna tomorrow, because His mercies are new every morning. Early in the morning will I rise up and seek Thee. I'm seeking first His kingdom and His righteousness. Okay, Lord, I'm I'm learning. I I wish I could say I've learned. It's a hard thing for me just because of the way I'm, I'm wired. I like to get as much done as quickly as I can in the amount of time that I have. I don't like to waste time. I like to get as many things done. So I'm very, you know, so I got all these emails to get to. I got all these things I got to do. I got all this, my list. It's quite a list. So I'm learning that before I even respond to any email, before I return any text, before I even listen to any voicemail, I just sit down with the Lord and say, okay, Lord, did you notice my inbox was like 500 emails in there? Okay, I need some grace for that. Uh, Lord, you know this situation here. I got I got to deal with that. I don't know what's going on, but uh, would you please just help me with this because I really need your help with this. I'm not going to stress about it. I'm not going to worry about it. Worrying about it just makes it worse. So, Lord, I'm just going to cast all my cares upon you because I know that you care for me. Here's the bottom line in closing. While it is true that the future is very uncertain. I would submit that the great uncertainty is creating a great opportunity, and I'll explain what I mean by that. This is a great opportunity for us as Christians to grow in our faith, to grow deeper, go deeper in our faith in our relationship, in our intimacy, in our time with the Lord. I mean, during this lockdown, (laughs) during this quarantine, during this global shutdown, as it were, where you can't go out unless it's for essential things, and essential workers can't leave, and how long is this going to go on, and how is this going to end up, and you know, it's what a great opportunity. What a, what a great opportunity just to spend time with the Lord. You might be surprised what the Lord might want to show you. Now He's got your attention. Now you've got the time. You can't say, well, I'm just too busy. Well, <laughs> busy doing what? 
you'll forgive me for saying this, but are you too busy watching Netflix? You've got time. You've got more time now than you've had before. What a great opportunity to take advantage of that time and spend that time seeking first the Lord, His kingdom, His righteousness. In fact, I'm going to say it this way. You are going to be pleasantly surprised at what the Lord wants to speak into your life and show to you during this time. It's going to be a thing, and, and I say this because I've, I've tasted from this cup. You will go to bed at night looking forward to, you know how when, as a little kid on Christmas Eve you couldn't wait to wake up Christmas morning? I submit to you that it will become so precious to you that when you go to bed at night, you can't wait to wake up in the morning because you get to spend time with the Lord. It's not a got to, it's a get to, because it's that intimacy, that, that time with Him. Psalm 1611, I think it is, David writes that in your presence is found fullness of joy, fullness of joy. It's also a great opportunity not only to grow in our faith, but it's a great opportunity to share our faith to a world that is gripped by fear, this spirit of fear. I'm even hearing secular broadcasts now using words like that. There's a spirit of fear that has descended upon the city and People are so fearful, and we have the answer. And what a great opportunity for us to be the light in the midst of such darkness. Okay, last thing. This will be the last, last thing. I am keenly aware, and the Lord has always brought this to the forefront of my uh, mind and thoughts, that whenever I stand up here and teach that there might be somebody that is really having a hard time, really struggling. I mean, you've already lost your job. Maybe you're a business owner. You've already lost your business. I mean, there's just, it, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. It just seems so hopeless. And there's nothing but despair. And you're really down, really downcast. And I just want to encourage you I hope this isn't too simplistic. Jesus is the answer. Get to know Him. You'll never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. If I do nothing in the time that I have, as is my privilege to do, but get you to Jesus as quickly as I can, then that's good enough. Get to Jesus. Get to Jesus. He is the answer. Thanks for joining Pastor J.D. today on In Spirit and Truth. We know that this time in our nation is uncertain, but one thing remains steadfast. God is in control. We encourage you to spend time during this season in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of God. As with many churches across our nation, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe is holding services online only. We would still love to worship with you virtually, so please join Pastor JD at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well to be notified when each week's service is made available. 
Pastor J.D. will continue to share his Mideast prophecy updates as well. In these, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them with prophecies found in the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these on YouTube or on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying for you about? If so, send an email to us at office at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. That's office at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Would you do the same for us, please? Keep Pastor J.D. and our church staff in your prayers, asking the Lord to guide us as we navigate this new and unexpected time in history. And of course, please keep our nation and our leaders in your prayers too, as well as all those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying, and thanks for tuning in to In Spirit and Truth. <laughs> 